So my friends, today uh, we uh, dive more into Mark's gospel and we're picking up, up off of last week where our Lord heals a possessed man in the synagogue um, and then we hear on leaving, the, it's the Sabbath, and on leaving the synagogue and then he does this whole thing. And basically, um, between the, the healing in the synagogue, the going to Simon Andrew's house, healing the mother-in-law, the whole town bringing him all who are sick with various diseases and then getting up early and praying, Mark is giving us here a picture of what an average day in the life of our Lord would have looked like. And so we have like, this is, this is what his daily life kind of looked like. And it's important for us and it's helpful for us to look, about, look at this. And if I was more prepared, I would tell you exactly how many times. But uh, Mark in his gospel, his whole gospel, is very into this word euthus uh, in Greek. It means immediately. Like immediately they did this. And immediately they did that. I'm leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon, Andrew, James, John, Simon's mother-in-law, sick with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And then, um, and then as well, there's a sense of urgency with regard to, you think it's a Sabbath. So the Sabbath, the Jewish Sabbath, goes sundown to sundown, right? Our day goes midnight to midnight. The Jewish day went sundown to sundown. And so what do we hear? As soon as the sun went down, the whole town brings him all who were uh, sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons. They didn't be like, yeah, it's nighttime. We'll wait. We'll get, we'll get them tomorrow. Like, let's, let's not bother midnight. We'll get... No! Immediately, as soon as they could, they brought all these people to our Lord. Immediately. We, I think, need to learn from this in a real way about the immediacy of the gospel. That it's not about tomorrow. It's not about... What are we going to do? Oh, yeah, look, there's plenty of time, whatever. Like, no, do it now. That we have to learn that the first opportunity we have, we should do it now. We should work on our life of, of conversion and of piety. And then the spreading of the gospel and evangelization. Do it now. There's a few people just, we're, we're at a weird time right now because uh, we're pre-Lent. Last weekend in the traditional calendar was Septuagesima Sunday, which is kind of like the Lent pregame. And then this is Sexagesima Sunday and then Quinquagesima Sunday next weekend. It's the Lenten pregame. It's like we're getting ready for Lent. But I've had a few people that have talked to me about things this last week or so. And it's like, Father, I need to work on that. And no, you know, I'm thinking like, wow, that'd be a great thing to give up for Lent. And so I say that. I'm like, you know, you should really consider giving that up for Lent. But don't wait till Lent. Do it now. Like, oh, I'll give this up in a week and a half. What, is it a problem today? Then give it up today, even before the end of the day. Not waiting till Lent. Um, rather, do it now. So we're in this weird time. But if you already kind of got an idea of what you want to give up for Lent, and it's something that you need to just cut out of your life, don't wait the next week and a half. Rather, start today. Start right now. Um, that there's no reason why we shouldn't do it now. There's an immediacy to the gospel. There's an immediacy we get about the life of our Lord. That he went and he did this and then he did that. Mark, in fact, uh, doesn't have very good Greek. And the gospels are all written in Greek. So, so Mark's gospel, when you kind of you translate it, like how it's just like, and then, and then Jesus did this. And then he went to the synagogue. And then there was a man and he had a demon. And then they told him about the demon. And then he cured out the demon. And then he went to Simon. Like it's very, and then, and then, and then. Like great. Because Mark's given us a sense of like, our Lord was busy. He was busy. He had, there was a lot to do. He only had a short amount of time. He knew the plan, and there's a lot to do. And I wonder, do we consider, when we consider our life of piety, and when we consider the task of evangelization, is it like, ah, uh, we'll get there eventually? 
Uh, and if that's our mentality, then we have to be cured of that immediately. And that w- immediately, like now, we have to be cured of that. And then we have to see that there is an urgency to the gospel. There is an urgency to evangelization in my own life and in the way that I need to spread it. It's not enough to just say, oh, we'll get around to it eventually. No, now, today, we need to spread the gospel. Who are we going to spread it, the gospel to today, now? With the Super Bowl coming up um, tonight, you know, the Super Bowl, it's, I don't know. I don't like watching the beginning of the Super Bowl usually. And if it's a blowout, I don't like watching the end either. So I'm kind of in a pickle, right? But sometimes you get it. Sometimes that after what could be a kind of boring first half, whatever, um, sometimes you get, and who knows, maybe uh, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes will pull it off tonight. We're like, it's two minutes left or three minutes left and they're only down by like 10 points and can they manage to like get a drive, get a touchdown? Uh, well, it's like the first uh, successful onside kick in uh, playoff history was last week or two weeks ago and the Bills didn't manage to come back from it, but whatever. Anyway, the idea is like, you know, it's exciting when it's like you've only got two minutes and you've got 10 points you got to score. Uh, how are you going to do it? Are you going to be able to give Tom Brady the ball with, you know, 30 seconds and he'll, he'll get an 80-yard drive accomplished with time to spare probably? Um, that, that's, you know, but there's something about that because it's the immediacy. It's now. And what at the beginning of a football game can seem like a very, we got our time, whatever. Like, no, now it's go. Huddle is snaps and driving down the field. Well, we, do we do that with the gospel? Think about that. Are we kind of the boring beginning of the game that, oh, whatever, we'll take our time? Or now, do it now. Are we ready to go? Let's, let's get right to action. Let's see that there's, there's something to be accomplished and there's a, there's a time frame on it and that we have to make this progress. And so we need to have that conversion in our life if we have been a little too lackadaisical with our use of time, that we need to be now and determined. But, but we need to do it in a very Christian way, which is, even though our Lord was very busy, and even though there's a lot going on, what is his first priority? Here's our Lord who spends, he didn't start the healings of the whole city, of the whole town. It's a relatively, you know, it's a trading town. It was probably a decent size. He didn't start the healings until the sun went down. And yet Mark is very sure to tell us. rising very early, before dawn. He didn't get to work until after the sun went down, yet rising very early, before dawn, he went off to a deserted place where he prayed. That our Lord's ministry flowed out of his relationship with the Father as the Son. His ministry flows out of that. And so even though he's very busy, um, what's the most important thing he needs to do? to be in that relationship with the Father, which he's always in and then is expressed more specifically in his times of prayer. And even, you know, Peter goes looking for him. Uh, Hey, what are you doing out here? Everyone's looking for you, right? What are you doing praying out here alone? They're all looking for you. Um, He says, look, we got to go to the other towns and villages. We got to do this all over. But our Lord prays and that he, he sees and he knows that this busy life is first centered on a relationship of prayer. And so when we should be living a, a active and actively busy life in the growing in faith and spreading the gospel, it all is centered on prayer. 
Um, there's a story, I'm sure most of you have heard it, of Mother Teresa's, uh, Mother Teresa's nuns. They're making a daily holy hour, which is a great practice, to pray for one hour continuously in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. But there's a lot of poor people, and these nuns are doing incredible work. And, and one of the sisters came to her and said, like, Mother, we don't have time. We don't have time. There's too much work. There's too many poor people. We don't have time for this holy hour. There's so much to do. And she said, you know what? You're right. You're right. There's so much to do. So we need to make two holy hours. Um, and that's what the, mother, the, the missionaries of charity do to this day. There's so much to do. So rather than cutting out the prayer, we need to make two holy hours every day. Because all of our action, all of our work should be an overflow of our interior life. It should be an overflow. And that then what we get, when we're centered on God, and when our life of prayer is, is first, when it's the bedrock, when it's the most important thing that we schedule in a day, when we give it absolute priority, even if we're up late at night doing stuff, getting up early in the morning, doing our prayer earlier in the day is usually a better way to get it done. Um, but that when we do that, we, um, we can be way more effective because now it's not me who's acting, but Christ who's acting through me. That I have... Um, a, Fulton Sheen uh, says as well in reflecting on the holy hour, which he was a big proponent of, that if we are looking toward a light, right, it's just the way that optics work. If we're looking toward a light, toward the sun, the shadow is behind me on everything uh, that I I touch. The, The effect of that is behind me. If we're looking toward the light, then the effect of that is trailing behind in everything that I do. And so if we spend our time looking at the Lord, the effect of that uh, will be massive, and we won't even many times see it. Uh, and so we need to have a life centered on our Lord. We need to have our busy life. You know, our busy life, you don't get the sense, Jesus was very busy, but you don't get the sense that he was frenetic, that he was just kind of, uh, that there was crazy busy. Rather, he's always in control. He's always, um, he's always at peace. He's exuding a peace and a control. Again, take an example. Maybe I should be careful comparing our Lord to Tom Brady or Tom Brady to our Lord. Who knows? But you get the sense. Like, okay, what do you see? And I, I, do, I do admire it. I don't know who I'm rooting for tonight, but I do admire that when, when there's 30 seconds and there's 70 yards to go at the end of the Super Bowl and Tom Brady gets the ball, he's totally calm, in control. If they all started rushing around like crazy people, they'd lose that, that play. They would lose if they started rushing around like crazy people, but rather it's calm, in control. Yes, there's a clock, there's a timer, there's an urgency, but we're calm, we're in control. We know what we're about, we know what we have to do, and we know that wasting time panicking is not gonna help anyone. The church needs evangelization. We, we, have, we have an urgent task, uh, it's, it's third and long, and we got a lot to do. Uh, and now the ball's in our court, we got it. It's our, it's our time to go. What are we going to do? If we're centered on our Lord, if we have the most important priorities first, we don't act with this panic freneticism, but rather we with calm, poise, but also determination to make every minute, every second count. We're going to spread the gospel. We're going to, you know, work for our Lord. We're going to give ourselves to him. We're going to grow in faith and we're going to be workers of evangelization. And so today, learning from what our Lord's average day looked like, that we should learn that as well. To put God first and our times of prayer first, but then to work hard 
to work with diligence, uh, to work with a sense of urgency, immediacy, um, for the building up and the spreading of the kingdom. We ask Our Lady, um, the, our mother and patroness of the new evangelization, uh, to lead us in this, to teach us um, how to learn from her son so she can point out the way her son did things and that we too can learn from that, uh, to be effective evangelists, rooted in prayer and urgent for the spreading of the gospel.